next Sunday, when we do change the times for both services from 9.30 for the Vanceburg campus and 11.30 for the Kentucky Heights campus, uh, we will be going uh, to have a guest speaker by the name of Pastor Andrew Grubb. He is a, a man of God that uh, we have encountered lately and uh, about a year and a half ago at our district council or sectional council meeting and I spoke to him. I went out to lunch with him a couple times up in Ashland, uh, started a relationship of, of talking back and forth and he pastors the City Reach Church in Ashland, Kentucky uh, where I work every day. And it's amazing that he's starting to work there to do ministry downtown. And we went up, uh, Pastor Dusty and, and Sister Albie and, and Leslie and myself went up a few weeks ago. We, we meet together one Monday a month. The four of us meet together and talk about uh, Bethesda, some things going on at Bethesda. And this time we took a field trip and went up to City Reach. They got a new building. It's downtown. It's, uh, what's the street, Leslie? It's by the flood wall. 15th and, and Greenham. Yeah, it's right by the flood wall there. And they're getting ready to paint it that city reach green, the color that was on that video, and uh, starting to work. They have about 70 to 80 people coming each Sunday. It's been going for about a year, year and a half. And uh, the story is kindly a story that is uh, sad in a way, but God brings life through all uh, circumstances that we face. Amen? He always brings life. And uh, Pastor Andrew had been up north. He's raising his family. He's got several kids, I think four kids. Uh, they're up north uh, rearing their kids, helping out. They're in youth ministry. They're doing different things, associate pastor, different things. And God calls them to come back home. Pastor Andrew's mother and father lived in Wartland, Kentucky. And God calls them back to plant a church in Ashland. And as they come down to start this church, Andrew comes home and he's full of faith, full of fire, full of uh, passion for Jesus to reach the people on the streets in Ashland and as he comes uh, back to start that church his mother comes down with cancer and only lasts a short time and his mother passes away shortly right after that his grandmother passes away and it's like there's a, 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 a cloud over his life when you try to build something for the kingdom of God the enemy always wants to tear it down. And he'll do anything in his power, in his grip, to try to, try to bring discouragement during that season. And what you have to do is live through that discouragement, that you have to live through that pain and trust God that he knows best. The Bible says he won't leave us nor forsake us. He will go with us even to the end. So as Pastor Andrew comes back and he gets this church started and he doesn't have a building and, and he's trying to create a budget and he's trying to get a team of people to join with him to plant this church. And next thing you know, he couldn't find a building. Nothing was working out. He was not going to have a place to meet. And, and it, it's basically a church for homeless people, really, in Ashland. And Ashland has a lot of homeless and, and there's a drug addiction and all kinds of things in Ashland. And there's a lot of people that just live in motels from week to week. They'll go from one motel to the next and rent rooms for a week. And Pastor Andrew's on the streets every day talking to these people and reaching these people. They've baptized multiple of them already. And they sent them away to these hope homes that's all over the United States that City Reach has built. And Pastor Andrew, if he gets encounters somebody that's drug addicted and they need help, City Reach, the organization, pays for 
the trip, the flight, everything to get them in a Hope Home. The Hope Home was totally paid for. There's not a, a fee to get them in this program. And how many knows there's drugs, there's issues going on in our culture, in our society here in Lewis County too, in Greenup County. As we're trying to reach the people that we're trying to reach, sometimes, and it's been amazing to me to witness people that come through the door and they'll sit in here sometimes for weeks and months on end and they're addicted to drugs, they're addicted to these different things and maybe pain pills, maybe, maybe they're shooting up. There's all kinds of different people that we've reached as Vanceburg Bethesda. That we've had them sitting in our seats. That they sit beside of us and we just asked for us to create an environment where they feel comfortable and safe to be here. Amen? I would never want them to walk in and say, I could never be that. I could never attain that. I can't get to that point in my life. I'm too far gone. I want them to come in and sit down and feel in here as there's hope. The sense that there's hope in their life. As Pastor Andrew comes next week, I want you to uh, just think about that this week and, 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 and whenever he comes in next week. So uh, just give him a big hug and tell him you love him and tell him that you're proud of him for enduring the pain of losing a mother, of losing a grandmother, and sticking with God. Because it would have been easy for him to turn and walk away and say, this is too much. I can't help, I can't do this. I remember early on when I began preaching, I was holding a revival up in Garrison, and, and, and the revival was going, and, and, and they, Sister Betty asked me to come to the church there, and I come to do a revival, and, and you know, four or five people showed up that night, I, I remember, and and I was sitting there, and I was going to preach to this crowd. My mom's supposed to come, and, and nothing was. It, it, as mom didn't come, I began to worry. I began to become concerned because mama supports me, right? So as I'm sitting there waiting, then eventually somebody comes through the door and says, your mom fell down the steps. I'm supposed to be standing up in front of people telling them about Jesus and talking about hope, talking about faith, talking about enduring through pain and heartache. And here you get the word that your mother's fell down steps. That's all I knew. I didn't know if she had broke her neck, broke her back. I didn't know. And I remember standing there at that pulpit that night, and I just it was just like all hope had drained out of my body that I, I couldn't come up with words to talk. And I remember Sister Gartha being there, and Sister Gartha come up and put her hand behind me. She just started to pray that God would give me the words to say to bring encouragement to hurting people. And I went ahead and spoke. And people listened, and hopefully lives would change. So sometimes it's, it's staying through that and staying the course of that, but you have to have people backing you up that will pray for you. Pastor Andrew needs our prayers. You know what kind of work we've done here, and you've seen what kind of, 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 of things that happens that come back against Bethesda when we start doing things right and we start helping hurting people. Bad things come. Hurtful times come. But what do you do? You endure. And you have to have people that will go with you, that will endure with you and stand behind you and pray for you. And Pastor Andrew needs that. As I was reading this week and thinking about a Mother's Day message, I thought about, I've never been a mother. Hopefully I'll never be a mother. 
Amen. But I, I begin to think about and ponder in Scripture about some of the women of Scripture. And there's so many women in Scripture that are just... Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was the, the woman that, that all, all mothers should call blessed because she reared the Savior of the world. And this lady, Mary, and just the, the story of her life of, of trusting God early on, I begin to think about other ones like Esther that had raised up at such a moment as this to, to bring the kingdom of Israel back to fruition to keep Haman from hanging all of the Israelites. There's lots of people in, in Scripture. But the one that stuck out to me that I want to speak about today is Ruth. Ruth is the great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus. And she's living in this, this uh, foreign land. She's that she was born and raised in her home country. And in comes these foreigners, and she ends up marrying one of the foreigners. And when she marries him, she gets a family. Everybody say family's important. I don't think you all believe that. Everybody say family is important. <laughs> now I ain't saying family's easy because family is hard. <laughs> Amen. Maybe I'm the only one. Family is hard. There's struggles. There's, there's pain. There's sorrow in family. Amen. There's hurt that comes in family. But Sister Ruth, we don't know much about her, and the Bible don't give any story of her background or of her childhood, of her, of her family, of her lineage, of her genealogy, of anything. We don't know anything other than that she married this foreigner that come in her homeland, and when she married him, she got family. So now she has a brother-in-law, another sister-in-law. She has a mother-in-law and a father-in-law. Everybody say, amen, that's a good thing. Now she's got family. She's got somebody to look to, somebody to lean on. And this, this family that she, she gets, that she obtains, is a family that loves God. And it's a family that loves people. And as she receives this family that loves the God of heaven, every time something good happens, the enemy throws evil at her. And it happens that her husband passes away. Isn't it amazing whenever God does good things in your life that the enemy comes in like a flood? But the scripture says that God will raise up a standard against him. Amen? So her husband passes away. Next thing you know, her brother-in-law passes away. So now it's two of them there, and then the father-in-law passes away. So now all the male components of the family that they are initiated with here in this, in this land that they're living, because in Israel there was a famine. There was a, a famine that there was no food. So that's the reason they're down here in Moab. And they got this family going on. And the, all the male components of the family are gone. Now it's just the widows, three widows living together. Amen. And trusting each other, leaning on each other, and trusting God. And as, as uh, Naomi begins to go back north, she hears that the, the famine's over where she's from in the home country of Israel. As she goes north and goes that direction, she tells the two daughter-in-law, she says, I have nothing to offer you. I don't have anything. Just go back and live with your families and let me be. I'm going back to home to Israel. 
And as she says this, one daughter-in-law says, it says there's sorrow in Ruth. You can check Ruth chapter 1. And Ruth chapter 1 says there's sorrow. And they, they weeped and they cried tears. And both daughter-in-law says, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with you. And then Naomi is persistent. She says, no, just go back to your families. Let me be. I am a, a lady of sorrow. And there, there's no reason of attaching yourself to me because I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer. And as this happens, the one daughter-in-law, the other daughter-in-law, other than Ruth, says no. Then eventually, Naomi's persistent, and the daughter-in-law says, okay, I'll let you be. I'm going back. And then Ruth speaks up after the other daughter-in-law leaves, and she looks at her mother-in-law that is a, a woman of sorrow, that has no hope, that has no uh, faith in a future at all. And Ruth says, wherever you go, I'm going. Ruth says, whoever is your people will be my people. Ruth says, whoever is your God will be my God. Amen. If you've got God and family and friends, you have enough. Amen. You better trust that. If you've got God in your life, that he's guiding you and leading you, and you've got friends and family, you have enough. So as Ruth goes north with Naomi and they get up there in this crowd and, 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 and Israel, the, 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 the land is once again giving forth fruit and giving forth the things that they need, the necessity food. There's no longer a famine. But they have no home. They're basically vagabonds. They have no place to go. And Naomi, in, in the scripture, I love it in the Old Testament, people talks about food stamps today and what a, a, a plight on society that food stamps are, that there's no reason. But it tells you in the Old Testament, God said in the law, when you reap your harvest, when you go out and you own land and you plant a garden, he told them, do not take the corners. He says, when you go around picking your harvest, leave the corners for those that are without. It was God's welfare plan. And here comes Ruth and Naomi, her mother-in-law, and they're out in the corner of this field that's owned by Boaz. And as they're out there in the corner of this field, the next thing you know, her mother-in-law's there with her apron up and, and, they're, and they're getting gathering these beans or whatever they're getting, lentils or I don't know, some type of food. Next thing you know, God puts favor on Ruth. And Boaz recognizes her as somebody he is allowed to redeem according to the laws of the land. There's one other person in line, and he goes and he tells the other guy, you have rights to these people. The other guy says no. Boaz marries her. Boaz marries her. They end up having children. And within just a few generations, Jesse and David are born. Imagine being the great-grandmother of King David when you once was somebody without hope. It seemed like there was, that all hope was lost, but God restores all things. What I want to speak to you today about is restoration in motherhood.
allow God to restore some things in your life. Everybody say restoration. Restoration. I want God to begin to restore things in your life. This past week, I've heard stories from some of my friends. One of them was talking about how him and his father have a, a relationship that's just completely strained. They was within 500 feet of each other and couldn't even talk because there was a wall built. And some of it had to do with his wife couldn't get along with, the, with his mom. There was a wall built. Now he can't even talk to his dad when his dad's within 500 feet of him because of strained relationship. Everybody say, let God restore. Amen. God is a God of restoration. He's a God that, that builds up, that he doesn't tear down. He, he wants to restore things in your life. There's some things that are rotted that seems like they're, they're so far gone that they've been out in the weather too long, that they're dilapidated or whatever the word is, that they're rusted, that they're gone. It seems like there's no hope. I'm telling you today that God is a God of restoration. Restoration in motherhood. If Ruth would have decided that day when Naomi was telling her, no, don't come with me, I have nothing to offer you, Ruth would have never been the great-grandmother of King David. But by making one little small decision to say, I'm going to go even when there's nothing to gain. <laughs> I'm going to go even when there's nothing to gain. That's what's called faith. Scripture teaches, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Ruth wasn't entitled. She wasn't a, a child of Israel. She wasn't an Israelite. She was a Moabite. It was a person that was an enemy to the children of Israel. But she believed and trusted and said, even though you have nothing to offer, I'm going anyway. When are we going to be a people of faith that steps out on the unknown and say, God, even though it seems impossible, I'm going to trust you today. And even though pastor's saying this and I'm sitting here and things are rolling through my mind of some hurt, of some pain, of some issues of my family, and I don't believe and I don't know if that can happen. If we would just trust today and step out on nothing, God will do something. Amen. Amen. He is a God of restoration. There is restoration in motherhood when you cherish, when you relish, when you, when you believe in each other, when you, when you build each other up. What can happen in a, in a community when there would be some mothers that would look out at those drug-addicted kids on the street and they wouldn't look at them with, with sorrow or with, with bitterness or any kind of pain, but they would look at them as a mother and say, they're motherless, they're somebody that needs somebody to love on them, to wrap their arms around them. What if we were like Pastor Andrew? Sure, we can sit back and watch the news and blame everybody else that the whole society is going to hell in the handbasket. When we sit in our cushioned chairs and do nothing and don't believe God, don't trust God, don't listen to God, and we, what are we going to have? Look at your neighbor and say, you got anything that God needs to restore? Is there any relationships in your life that needs restoration? Amen. Ruth is this picture that we need to look at to say, 
But in the same time, in that same story, Ernie, the other daughter-in-law walked away because it didn't look like there was anything to gain. The Bible talks about those that seek after gain. <laughs> if we only do good whenever we think we're going to get something in return, we're always going to end up losing it. Amen. I'm going to ask the rest of the church now. Dusty, you're the only one to agree. When we only do good, when we see gain, we're going to lose. So today, we got to decide, do I want to be rude? Do I want to be a participant in society, in God's master plan, and create restoration in this society in which we're living? Or do I want to walk away and say there's nothing for me to gain? It's a simple decision today. It's very simple. I believe that motherhood is one of the most holy institutions on the planet. I love my mother. I love my grandma. I love my family. They're important to me. Now, am I going to tell you that our relationships are perfect? <laughs> Try to live with Bonnie as your mama. Try to live with Francis with your granny. <laughs> Still amazing. I love it. Wasn't traded for anything. I had to stand in, in, a, in a room with my mom. and get in some heated discussions. With my mom about some things in my life. But one thing's for sure, I know this. Let's look at the Bible. I want to look at this one scripture real quick and then we're going to get out of here. It's Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter, chapter 6. God restore what the enemy has stolen. Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep you from evil, from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductor. Cherish the words 
of your mother. They are a law. And as I've said many times from this pulpit, I, I could, it continually rings in my mind, my mom screaming up those steps. Pray before you go to sleep. Mothers, I encourage you, even though sometimes it may seem like, man, I just feel, I feel like I'm aggravating them, do it anyway. They need to remember to pray <laughs> before they go to sleep. Continually speak that in their life. Tell them the word of God and what it says and how it's a light for their life. And in doing so, you're going to create a, 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 a place in their heart that will always cause those words to come back to life when they're in trouble. How many of you as a mother would like to prepare your kids to not face the same battles that you faced? Raise of hands. You don't want your kids to go through what you went through. Amen. I'm telling you. God can do new things in restoration. He can bring life to dead things. Today is a day that we are celebrating motherhood, and in motherhood there's restoration. And I'm praying today for all you mothers, as you go through this day, as you go through this week, as your family applaud you and, and encourage you and pat you on the back and tell you Happy Mother's Day, that in the moment of this time and this season in your life that God would give you the words to say to bring restoration to some dead things in your families there's some relationships that's hurting amen in this room I can tell you right now there's some relationships in the families in this room that are hurting that if we trust God if we walk and say God I need you to restore some things in my family God can do those things he can bring that to pass